Auzubillahiminashaitanirajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim In the name of Allah, the gracious, the ever-merciful Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you Today is the 5th of August 2022 um, A momentous day We're presenting live from the Jalsa Salana studios In uh, the annual convention studios of Voice of Islam in Hadikatul Mehdi, Mehdi the, the garden of the Mehdi site here in Alton, in beautiful countryside um, of England, live uh, uh, in, in the breakfast show. Uh, this is the first day, first of the three days of the Jalsa Salana, the annual convention, uh, an event which is much looked forward to by all Ahmadis all over the world. Uh, we shall go into the reasons of that, and that is what this uh, show is is all about. So, uh, please do stay tuned. You can also join in the discussion by calling us at zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight, and tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. The topics that we shall be talking about are the evolution of this largest and longest-standing Muslim gathering. This this tradition within the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one hundred and thirty years old. So this this particular convention, this Jalsa Salana, as we call it, is uh, is 130 years old, and uh, here in the UK is is also about 100 years old. Um, so we shall talk about the history of uh, this event. Then we shall go into uh, what I was referring to earlier. What does it mean to to be at Jalsa Salana, this annual convention for Ahmadis? What does it mean for us as Ahmadis to participate in this event? What does it mean for us to, to wait for this event every year? What, is, what does it mean for us to, to, to volunteer for this event? And there are thousands of volunteers. So just to give uh, you some, um, a, a brief peek into, uh, into this event, 30,000 people, 30,000 Muslims are supposed to gather here over the next three days, every single day over the next three, year, uh, three days. And there are, as you can imagine, thousands of volunteers who have volunteered their days and nights over the last few weeks to get this, this momentous site ready for this occasion. Um, I've, uh, I'm joined by my co-presenter, Mr. Ali Khan. Um, Ali, your, your views, your thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited to be here. Uh, peace be upon you, Daniel. And to all of our listeners, um, we're sitting here in beautiful sunshine um, with a, a stunning studio overlooking the, uh, overlooking the site of the annual convention. And actually, you know, uh, you've, you've talked about um, so eloquently about what it means, uh, you know, for this convention for us to be here today, but also bearing in mind that uh, coming out of the pandemic, Last year, the, the uh, this convention was was held, but it was held on a much smaller scale. Right, and this is the first year where we are going back to what it was like pre-pandemic. Right, so I think that has an extra additional additional excitement as well. Absolutely, and uh, and for those who are used to over the years um, uh, attending the convention, they'll also know that uh, the weather is uh, something that uh, <laughs> dictates. Not, not how much we enjoy the convention, because we always enjoy it, yes. but it dictates very much, gives the convention a different flavor. Yeah. Last year, uh, a lot of 
you mentioned the thousands of volunteers. They were spending a lot of time pushing cars out of the mud because because the uh, the weather had uh, uh, um, given us delivered a lot of rain. And I'm delighted to say that the the weather today, um, just coming on to the weather as we do, as is, as is tradition in the, in the in the breakfast show, we 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 start with the, We're the news about and the weather. weather. Yes, I, I love I love the I love the way the weather report started. It's starting with today will be dry with extensive sunshine. Right. <laughs> a fantastic word, extensive sunshine in southern England and Wales. Right. Further north, there will be some sunny spells, but patchy cloud and uh, scattered showers will become widespread throughout the day. And uh, the outlook for the weekend, uh, Saturday will be, northern areas will be breezy and cloudy with spells of rain. Th these will be more persistent in the far north. It's going to be drier and brighter further south with plenty of sunshine in southern uh, England. And on Sunday, it's going to be dry with sunshine in the south, but cloudy further north with a few spots of rain. So we know that uh, uh, God Almighty uh, can, can change the weather for us at any given time. But mm. at the moment, the outlook looks beautiful for all three days. Correct. So really excited about that. Absolutely. Um, and excited about the Jalsa itself, the, the, the convention itself, the speeches, uh, the gathering, the meeting of people, um, the outreach, which is what, uh, you know, this convention is, is all about. And, uh, you know, it, just to share my feelings, I, you know, as soon as you enter this, uh, this arena, uh, this site, uh, it, you know, it's, it's just magical. So, something just... Um, just happens in your mind something you know something just switches on um for me so yeah that's that's my personal a, we're, 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 a, we're a you know uk wide we're a uk wide community and also when you see friends and acquaintances yeah um, for the first time for a while right that that you know you're sharing that joy with each other you're meeting each other that has a very special 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 bond as well um 100 Right. So on, on, I, on that, I, I sighed very deeply there because <laughs> I'm looking at the news page. Yes. And I'm trying to find something that's not something depressing. That's exactly. We started on a high note this morning. Absolutely. I think we've <laughs> built it up uh, yeah, nicely, but unfortunately, yeah. there is not much positive uh, news that I can that I have um, to share with uh, with our listeners today in the morning because a lot of the papers this morning are. Um, are talking about the upcoming recession. So gloomy news for the UK economy yeah. is leading every uh, front page. The Financial Times says Britain faces a protracted recession with the worst squeeze on living standards for more than 60 years following the bank's move to raise interest rates. It says the economic downturn is to, la downturn is to last 15 months with inflation set to hit 13% and says the outlook is worse than for the US and EU. The Times says Britain slides into crisis as it reports that the country is facing the worst squeeze on living standards for more than 60 years. Mm. It describes the Bank of England's forecast as drastic, while economics editor Mehreen Khan says we must get used to the grim new reality with the economy set to shrink by 2.1% by the end of the year. The Daily Telegraph says the recession will cause a record drop in income brought on by rising energy prices. It quotes the Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey as saying families face a big shock as interest rates were raised to 1.75%, the highest since 2008. Uh, the Daily Mirror focuses on the future of Mr. Bailey himself as it describes him as a banker who's running out of credit. The paper says <laughs> the bank has faced a ferocious backlash with its governor forced to deny 
he had been asleep at the wheel. The big squeeze is the Metro's headline. The paper says that the rising interest rates mean people with £200,000 mortgages could be facing an extra £50 on their monthly payments as well as facing rising costs costs the, the on no, food for me, and for energy. For me, one, one question that I have listening to this is, is right. I'm thinking, question I've asked myself as well is, it seems as though the only instrument that the Bank of England use to try and control fr- inflation or to try and react to this mm. unprecedented economic situation is, is to raise rates. interest rates, right. which in the short term actually makes life difficult life more difficult for, yeah. for most people absolutely it is very true and and, and that is exact uh, question that uh, was asked of uh, andrew bailey yesterday and his response was that if we didn't um act now we would have had to raise interest rates by a lot more next yeah. year yeah so that's the response that again and you're right this is you know we lived live in an interest-based structure um something that we've uh, debated against uh, on this show a few times um and unfortunately because of that um uh, the the primary instrument that most central banks uh, have is is to raise interest rates mm. to uh, to combat inflation compensate it. and of course you know the the other the other you know major news at the moment which which still staying on this subject is the the tory leadership race um i'm sure you know whatever your political persuasion most people will find it slightly um uh, bizarre that we're selecting a new prime minister and then that that's and it's being selected by such a small section of society <laughs> um but their latest leadership debate has focused on the economy and and how they would actually deal with this situation and what you have is rishi sunak uh, advocating for a more long-term approach right. to try and fix some of the economy's fundamentals and for us to work our way out of the recession hmm. and what you have is you have Liz Truss's uh, advocating for a, a a more radical approach in which she thinks that uh, she's still saying she thinks that a recession can be avoided if 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 there are um, sufficient tax cuts to, to to drive growth I mean to me um, both candidates the, there's a question mark over the credibility of their claims purely from the fact that one is responsible has been responsible for the economy for the last couple of years oh. and the other has no experience in managing an economy correct um i i also find uh, just to add on to what you what you said i mm. think it's uh, everybody is finding uh, a very easy scapegoat in russia so mm. uh, rishi sunak has uh, has talked about you know russian invasion of ukraine and rubeli yesterday talked about uh, the Russian invasion. So I think, yeah, everybody is is uh, is finding a very easy excuse to all the problems that we have at the moment, which I which, you know, I find rather bizarre and and and, and probably, you know, doesn't sit well with me mm. that we were blaming everything on Russia and we're blaming everything on Putin. Mm. And, and that is a different debate altogether. You know how the invasion actually happened. Uh, you know, we've talked about this um, uh, about it on the show as well. I think there was um, a, a lot, a lot happened before, uh, or a lot more could have happened diplomatically yeah. before the invasion happened. So unfortunately, now everybody seems to be blaming that. Um, um, it, if you ask for um, 
for my personal opinion again i don't know if i i i'll probably get in trouble with my producers uh, <laughs> uh to say this uh, on live radio but i'll i'll probably still go ahead and do that um i think it's a, it's a foregone conclusion that um Liz Truss is going to win uh, that uh, she's, she's she's ahead in the polls she's she's she's, ahead uh, she's polls, far yeah. ahead in the polls and and the you know although rishi sunak has had some um big endorsements uh, william hague and and some of the more uh, former leaders as well i think that a lot of the current cabinet um and le- previous leadership candidates have come out and backed list trust which yeah. is 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 going only going to increase the momentum but it only it only goes to reinforce for me how this is undermining democracy whatever you thought of boris johnson he was elected as leader and then the the next layer of uh, elected if, if, if representatives the mp's the MPs have all personally been elected into their constituencies. They voted overwhelmingly for Rishi Sunak to be the next prime minister. Right. So you yeah. could say they represent the people more than the conservative yeah. membership. Yeah, but, but actually, our next is, prime minister going is going to be set aside, and exactly, it's, and it's yeah. going to be the. So democracy for me is this is not this is not democracy. Yeah, this is for the uh, next two years. This is yeah. going to be our prime minister. Exactly. And, and and this is, by the way, supposed to be the model for democracy for yeah. uh, for the world as well, so for the world to emulate. And then when other countries actually um, try and institute democratic systems of their own, we yeah. we from the West criticize them. You know, the uh, two issues that we've just talked about, um, you know, just, just bring the kind of Islamic uh, aspect into it. I guess when you're going into a time of economic distress, a lot of people are going to feel distress. Often society becomes more divisive um, and polarized because as we've seen during the pandemic the poor became poorer the rich became rich you know became richer right. and 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 everyone knows what's going on yeah they're not you know they're not blind to this they can see people benefiting from the pandemic they can see people benefiting from even from the war and you know as society becomes more divisive these two things that we've just talked about economic fairness and the unfairness that of the system of the system especially driven by interest you know the way interest works and then also the fairness of the de- democratic system mm. when those when when those two institutions are undermined in this way mm. people will feel more aggrieved people will feel more injustice and that's not good for that, the state that, of society that is not good at all because you know that brings you back to uh, to more than 150 years or 170 years earlier when uh, Karl Marx talked about haves and have-nots. Mm. So unfortunately, you know, we probably come full circle and we've headed back. To, we are actually in the middle of mm. um, of a have and haves and have-nots pandemic because we. this is a, a society which is, uh, there are deep divisions within the society. You know, uh, only, I think it was the last, uh, last show that we were talking about the number of billionaires that have been created as a result of the pandemic. Mm. So this pandemic, the last two years, actually has created more billionaires than the last 10 years before the pandemic. So that says something about the system. That says something that, that talks about uh, what perhaps is wrong about the current system. Mm. And, and going, uh, talking about the Islamic uh, perspective that you very rightly mentioned, um, you know, I, I just uh, did a back of the envelope calculation based on a Google search uh, of the wealth of the top 10 
richest individuals and it, uh, it came to 1.1 trillion dollars mm. so that's the bill gates and the elon musks and and larry pages of the world mm. and jeff bezos uh, we can't forget it, it, jeff bezos and of course <laughs> of course so um and um so i uh, based on that mm. you know if you calculate uh, uh 2.5% which mm. is the um uh, uh the subscription for zakat which is a mandatory payment yeah. in islam you know that that's 25 20 27 dollars 26 27 billion dollars mm. a year that will have to be paid mm. under an islamic system mm. by just these 10 people yeah just 10 people uh and if you multiply that by 10 yeah. so that's close to again you know, 260 billion 300 billion oh. just imagine three the impact 300 billion dollars yeah. will make in the world yes just from 10 people but instead that's the islamic system but instead we have a financial system yeah. that takes what the poorer countries can say by right is their money yeah. and lends it back to them at an interest rate exactly and leaves them in endemic debt yeah and and this is the difference between this is this is what essentially what we're advocating and, and they're left to uh, to decide between what is being called heating and eating mm Uh, you know energy energy prices are uh, supposed to rise again yeah it's a, it's a very unfair system it, it's you know it's interesting because you know when people of people think about islam they they think about um the misrepresentation of islam um and islam doesn't get a great doesn't get a great press and 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 it come you know a, a, the, a lot of people think of it as a a religion that's stuck in the dark ages right. and you know the the wonderful thing about this con- annual convention um is the fact that you know what what we're here to do is to not only spread a message of peace and to to ensure that people that misrepresent that misrepresentation of islam is actually uh, counteracted with you know the evidence based uh argument about is- islam means peace and 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 you know the 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 true islam what that represents but also to to discuss and promote uh Islam's response to these key contemporary issues. Yeah. And because that's ultimately, you know, it's people that's don't the wanna, test. Yeah, people don't want to just talk about some of the things that people are talking about in terms of what what's the true meaning of jihad and etc etc yeah. but actually every aspect of life that Islam touches upon. Yeah. Also Islam has something to say about how things can be done in a better way. Right. Um and 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 the economy and the way in which some of society's inequalities and injustices can be resolved. that's that's really important that's really important too and i think it it won't be out of place here to say that the whole system needs a reset yeah i think uh, the whole everything um is ripe for a reset and perhaps it wouldn't be a bad occasion uh to perhaps have a rethink about what islam presents we've tried communism that has failed we 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 still trying and grappling with the, with capitalism that is um heaping problems upon problems and recessions after recessions on us mm. perhaps it's time to have another look at 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 uh, the alternative that islam presents mm. and have uh, and, and look at it with an open mind and mm. see uh if that can provide a solution and and that certainly is the aim of uh, of this um, uh this channel and this show yeah absolutely so i mean you know just just looking at some other news as well unfortunately there is uh some more global instability to, to talk about um you know whenever things like this happen you you question what's actually going on in the background in terms of the timing the, the geopolitical situation with 
you know, we've got this situation going on in the in Russia mm. and around Russia, and, and you'd think that we have enough problems, and then this this tension starts in China, where you have uh, out of the blue you have Nancy Pelosi, leader of the house, visiting Taiwan, and then China reacts by a, a whole range of military exercises right. around close to the border of, right. of, of Taiwan. I mean, it's, it's worrying. You please please help me understand. Why would you want to be provocative? You know, is aren't there enough problems in the world already? What are we saying? What is yeah. the purpose of this visit? Why do you want to do anything which is controversial, which you know is controversial? Mm. I know you're trying to make a point. I know you you're saying that it's a principle, but is you know, isn't it time to be wise and sensible? Uh, you know the uh, the world is uh, uh, you know the world is embroiled in crisis after crisis, and here you are trying to to be provocative with the second biggest economy of the world, which is also let's not forget a big big military power. What what are you trying to do? I, I think it's 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 absolutely as far as I'm concerned, it's um, mm. it's insane. I mean, it's been predicted that the the growth of the Chinese economy is completely dwarfing the uh, American economy. It threatens America's position on the global stage. There's no doubt about that. That, I think, is what is, is the heart of uh, the issue, really. And where, where the situation we're at, at the moment is is that, um, you know, the US uh, are saying that um, this, uh, Nancy Pelosi's trip was anything, um, was you know, was, was completely standard practice. It was nothing out of the ordinary. But to China, it was an outrageous breach of diplomatic How normality. can you say it's not uh, anything out of the ordinary? This is the first time a senior U.S. official has yeah. visited Taiwan ever, and you're saying it's not significant. Wow. So Chinese planes and ships have, you know, again crossed the median line in the strait between the mainland and Taiwan. It's the second day of China's biggest ever military drill around the island which is their response to Nancy Pelosi. So he's saying this is the first ever visit. Of a senior, of a senior US yeah. uh, government official. Nancy Pelosi is number three in, in, in the, um, in, on the ladder of seniority in the US. So the yeah. US president, and then it's the vice president, and then it's the, uh, the speaker of the, the, uh, of the House of Representatives, which is Nancy Pelosi. So this is the first time this has happened. And the question I'm asking my audience is, why now? Yeah. And we know we know that his his holiness Hazrat Mizar Masur Ahmad, the, the fifth uh, caliph of the Ahmadiyya community and our global leader of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, he's urged so many times. He's urged world, world leaders by writing to them mm. in, in in person, urging them to exercise restraint, yeah. urging them to think and act peacefully and not make the global situation worse. Right, and. You know, dare I say, sorry to yeah, interrupt, no, dare I say that Nancy Pelosi was actually in one of the lectures that uh, uh, that His Holiness gave, uh, one of the one of the addresses he made, which was at uh, the um, the House of the, the Congress um, uh, chambers in in right. uh, in the U.S. And, and she was there. And unfortunately, I don't I don't think she's she's um, um, listened very much. Well, I mean, you know, she's being forced to den de deny that this this trip was not out of some sort of self-interest in terms of, you know, um, obviously the optics are there. It, it, you know, it's a very powerful statement. As you said, it's never happened before. 
So one one wonders what the motivations behind it are. But as as we said before, there is this this global power struggle going on that we... This huge geopolitical struggle. Yeah. And and, and, and all all we wish to urge is is, is restraint um, and peace. Um, Because, you know... And common sense. Yeah, and common sense. Society has more than enough problems to deal with right now, you know, um, uh, with with the uh, situation, as we said, the the inequalities that exist, Mm. the the amount of injustice that people feel. um, And, you know, we're recovering from the pandemic. And we've seen, as history has told us again and again in the past, we've seen that at such times that the, the risk and the threat of world war is 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 far is heightened at these right. times, and and these are times at which we need to exercise a little bit more restraint. Um, I know that it's um, uh, we've been talking about some very very yeah. important news stories. I know we're now going to come on to talk. We're now going to come on to talk about um, spend the next hour and a half talking about our uh, this uh, community event that we're at, um, the annual convention of the Amity Muslim Community. Just to remind our listeners, we are live from the Hadikudul Madi site in Alton in uh, Hampshire, um, which is a more than 200 acre farm okay. at which we are uh, blessed to be holding this event. Uh, we're going to be l- uh, learning a little bit about the scope and scale of this event and the blessings, um, the, the, the blessings with which we feel we ha- have been bestowed upon the community for the for this event to have grown from something that started 130 years ago so in such a humble way to where we're sitting now in a site surrounded by infrastructure and technology Absolutely. and ready to welcome 30,000 people on site right it's amazing so looking forward to talking about that for the next uh, hour and a half um i think it's time for a quick break a short, a short break Absolutely. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we will talk about the first topic, which is about the evolution of this largest and longest standing Muslim gathering over the last 130 years. So a lot more on that right after this break. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. We are live from the breakfast studios of uh, Hadikatul Mehdi, this beautiful farm site in lovely countryside in Alton, Hampshire. Uh, From the day one of the three-day annual convention of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, where close to 30,000 Muslims are supposed to gather or expected to gather uh, over each of the next three days. So a momentous occasion, really, especially after COVID times, something we've all been uh, missing and something we've all been really looking forward to. Um, In this segment, we shall be talking about the evolution of this gathering which is the largest and the longest standing muslim gathering a lot of our listeners might not be aware but this the tradition of this gathering is 130 years old so it's a it's a it's something which is uh which has become dna of the Ahmadiyya muslim community uh imam Tokir. um uh, your thoughts uh, on on uh, being here today in the annual convention on um, your feelings and your thoughts. Absolutely. I mean, this event itself, um, you know, it, it's I would I would describe it that it's like a um, a training camp, really, which 
spiritually rejuvenates ourselves and it's, this is not something which has been started just recently but in fact it's important to note that uh, Jalsa Salana it was initiated by the promised Messiah peace be upon him himself mm. and the first Jalsa Salana which had taken place was on the 27th of December 1891 in Qadian and at that time there were only 75 attendees who had attended the Jalsa Salana at that time and if you compared it compare it to now now by the grace of Allah the Almighty we have about over 30,000 members from all over the all over the world from more than 97 countries that attend this event now if we look at some of the narrations of the holy prophet peace be upon him we find the importance of such gatherings where uh, god almighty is remembered and in fact in one narration of the holy prophet peace be upon him uh, the holy prophet peace be upon him he says that angels uh, their wings of mercy uh, are encompassed on such large gatherings i i wanted to read out that narration yes, for the benefit of our listeners sure. So Abu Huraira God be pleased with him narrates that the holy prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him said to Allah uh, to Allah belong some angels of high rank who are always on the move in search of people who assemble for the purpose of remembering Allah when they come upon an assembly engaged in the remembrance of Allah the almighty the angels begin to join them extending their wings over them hovering one upon another until the space between the earth and the nearest heaven is filled with their presence when people disperse they too depart ascending back to heaven then the almighty asked them while he knows full well what had happened where do you come from they answer we come from some servants of thine who were exalting thee extolling thy greatness proclaiming thy unity glorifying thee and supplicating thee then the almighty inquires what did they beg of me the angels say they were begging thee for thy paradise the allah then allah inquires have they seen my paradise the angels reply no our lord they have not seen thy paradise what if they had seen my paradise Ex- explains allah they also seek refuge do they do they seek my refuge from thy fire they reply allah us have they seen my fire the angels reply no they have not what if they had seen my fire explains allah then the angels say they ask for thy forgiveness allah replies that i have already granted them and i have also bestowed them all they have besieged of me and i have given them the refuge they sought of me then the angels say i mean it's really beautiful this narration yes. that uh, allah the almighty says that this whole gathering huh. that are gathered god almighty forgives every single individual who remembers god almighty but not only that the narration continues that one of the angel inquires from uh, allah the almighty that huh. amongst them there was also a person who was present who was extremely sinful should we pardon that individual as well hmm. and allah the almighty he replies that even him i have forgiven hmm. so so it it explains that uh, this is how blessed such gatherings are that where allah the remembrance of allah the almighty is remembered uh, every single individual benefits from it and allah the almighty's blessings encompasses every individual
Yes, indeed, absolutely. And uh, what a privilege it is um, to be here, uh, to be part of this uh, this blessed gathering. You know, if you if you just think about that, and if you th- just think about uh, uh, those words, it's uh, it's amazing. Um, just to go over a little bit of uh, uh, the history, as you were saying, so uh, seventy-five people attended the first annual convention in Kadian, which is a remote and um, uh, a place in uh, in India. Even today, it is uh, you know not a known city or, or or a big town in India. And certainly, 135 years ago, it was uh, nothing like that as well. Let me go straight to uh, to our first uh, guest for this segment, which is Mr. Rahil Ahmed, who is a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, serving in the history department here in the UK. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be with you. Thank you very much for joining us. Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's absolutely lovely to be here um, uh, to be presenting live uh, from Hadikatul mm-hmm. Mehdi, um, the site of the annual convention. Uh, Mr. Ahmed, let me start by asking you. So we've just gone uh, a little bit about uh, talked about a little bit about the history of uh, the annual convention, which is that, you know, 75 people participated in the first mm. annual convention in Gardian, a small village uh, at mm. that time in India. Uh, what what was the um, attendance at the first Jalsa in the UK and how did that look like and when did that happen? Yes, so um, the first Jalsa Salana um, of, of, of United Kingdom actually took place for two days and this was in uh, 1964, 29th and 30th August 1964. Um, there is a mention um, in our uh, UK history, in our Jomjokmat history, in our community's history of annual conferences being held uh, in, in the UK, you know, as, as you know, um, as far as 1949. You know, we, we, we hear about uh, missionaries convening here from all over Europe and, you know, uh, making policies and dis- discussing plans uh, on, on, on propagation of Islam in the West. But particularly uh, when we're talking about uh, Delta Falana uh, and, and, and from its uh, historical importance, um, the first of Falana was held on the 29th and 30th August 1964. And uh, at the time, it was uh, the Imam of the Fuzzle Mosque was the Bashir Amr Rafiq Sahib, late Bashir Amr Rafiq Sahib. May Allah be pleased with him. Um, he, he, he was someone who had initiated this, uh, Delta Falana. And uh, there is a detailed article which was pub- published on the history of the Sasalana in Al-Hakam. Uh, as for your question of how many people participated, um, actually the ones of Boronews uh, also reported uh, on, on this event and it stated that about 400 people, 400 members of the community uh, participated. And, 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 wow. and of course among them were various guests, which is you know uh, the custom of the community that wherever we live, uh, wherever we are, we invite the local community uh, to 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 be part of the event. What a far cry from the thirty thousand we're expecting today. <laughs> of course, of course, right. It's, it's it's astonishing to see, you know, how uh, the community has has, by the grace of God, uh, you know, progressed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Assalamualaikum. Uh, peace be upon you, Imam Rahil Ahmed. Um, I wanted to ask you, why are the members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community why are they so captivated? by this annual convention? 
Oh, that's a very good question indeed. Um, there could be, I mean, many reasons for uh, this captivation or you know excitement that we all have. Uh, you know, about Jasmine Salana, you could say the benefit of spiritual togetherness, uh, meeting new members of the community, or you know, especially during these COVID times, you know, being able to actually meet our old friends that we haven't seen for some time. But if I was to choose one uh, particular reason, it would be to be in the company of His Holiness, Prophet Khalifa al-Masih the Fifth. Uh, to be in the company of uh, the Caliph, the Khalifa, uh, their, their spiritual father, um, because he is, you know, as we say in Urdu, Ronak, um, you know, the true happiness of this gathering for the members of the community. And, and, and he's the reason for, for the smiles uh, on our faces, uh, you know, as being, you know, the spiritual magnet that pulls you towards himself. And, and that was one of the purposes uh, of, of, of establishing this annual just about the Prophet Islam explains, you know, that to, 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 to actually be in the company of the righteous, uh, you know, as per the uh, Quranic principle of Kunuma Sadiqin, that be with the righteous. And so, so this is, you know, I, I personally believe, and, and we were discussing this yesterday when, when, when His Holiness came and he officially inaugurated the Justice of Salana and, and spoke to, uh, you know, the, the volunteers and the workers and, 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 and reminding them of their responsibilities. Um, and 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 one of the one one of the things that are being uh, you know nowadays, especially in social media, one of the quotations of His Holiness that that that, that is being uh, you know um, promoted or propagated is basically to have a smile on your face mm. and and remove uh, you know your and en- en- enmity. I, I I do want to read that out. Uh, you know if this is what this is from 18 July 2003. He stated, "Keep smiling. When you smile, it does not cost you anything, nor do you lose anything." Greet one another with a smile. If there were any resentment, remove them with your smile in, you know, in these three days. Um, so, you know, it, it is His Holiness that, you know, that, that captivates us. And it is, you know, He's the magnet, as I said. Of course, I'm repeating myself, but um, this, this, this is what I would, you know, would, 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 would uh, say about it. The renaissance of Islam, um, Israel, uh, has taken place um, as we believe at the hands of the promised Messiah Hazrat Mirza Ghulam mm-hmm. Ahmed of uh, Qadian and the community has thrived um, and the progress uh, of the community is actually a testament to that. In his own words, in the words of uh, promised Messiah, what is the mm-hmm. importance of attending this annual convention? Of course, as I was mentioning, I mean, Justice Salana is an event like no other, um, you know, that we see or witness in the UK. You know, you do have various concerts and other gatherings, but this particular gathering is is for entirely spiritual and moral, you know, ad- advancement. And I was listening to um, uh, Toki Saib earlier, he was mentioning that very purpose. And, 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 and most importantly, you know, to increase uh, personal relationship with God. So the Prophet Society of Islam states, and I quote, he says, uh, the primary purpose of this convention is to enable every sincere individual to personally experience religious benefits. They may enhance their knowledge and due to their being blessed and enabled by God, by Allah the Exalted, their perception of Allah may progress. Among its secondary benefits is that this congregational meeting together will promote mutual introduction among all brothers and it will strengthen the fraternal within this community. He further stated, it is, it is essential for all those who can afford to undertake the journey that they must come to attend this convention which embodies many blessed objectives 
they should disregard minor inconveniences in the cause of Allah and his prophet. And lastly, I, I do want to mention this, and this is uh, very important, and that is, he, he concluded this with, with a prayer, uh, you know, that, that everyone who travels for attending this convention, that is for the sake of God, may, may Allah the exalted be with him, reward him in abundant measure, have mercy on him, ease up for him his circumstances of hardship and anxiety, and eliminate his anguish and grief. May he grant him freedom from every single hardship and lay upon, open for him the ways of achieving his cherished goals and raise him up on the day of judgment among those of his servants who are recipients of his blessings and mercy. May he be the guardian in the absence until after the journey comes to an end. O Allah, O sublime one and bestower of bounties, the ever merciful and one who resolves all problems, do grant all these prayers and grant us victory over our opponents with signs because you alone have the you know prowess and power Amin. Amin. so this you know these are the prayers of the Prophet uh, and and I'm I mean to those prayers and may we be able to you know uh, benefit from this convention sure uh, and finally uh, mr. Ahmed we're talking about the evolution of uh, this annual convention. We talked about the humble beginnings, 75,000, and today, 30,000. Um, I was watch watching a documentary last night um, uh, on Muslim television, Ahmadiyya, uh, where they were talking about preparing this very site for 50,000 people. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember that the last convention that was held in a place uh, called Rabwa in Pakistan was 300,000 people. So how do you see this evolving in the future? Um, I mean, the direction that His Holiness has for us and, 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 and the constant guidance that we, we can, uh, you know, uh, get from His Holiness, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, this, um, this convention will, inshallah, one day, you know, develop into something, uh, you know, where we will be able to host, you know, let's say 300,000 people or more. Um, but I think the emphasis uh, of that is not, I think the purpose um, and, and where the Prophet reminds us is not really the, the amount of people that attend. It is basically what the purpose is and what we're trying to achieve. Because God willingly, uh, there would come a time that, that you know, um, we would have these num num numbers and mm -hmm. even, you know, 30,000 people, you know, um, the amount of work and you know the sure. amount of effort that goes into it, and 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 when when you're in that market, um, and you know when there's uh, you, know, you hear not it and people respond, you know the echo and and and, and the whole at atmosphere. Even at thirty thousand people, you feel it and and you truly live it. So uh, we can only hope and, um, and 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 pray that that day comes, inshallah. Yes, uh, absolutely, and uh, you're, you're spot on. Uh, the The purpose of uh, uh, it's 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 not about the sheer numbers. It's really about being here uh, and being in the atmosphere of righteousness, and and trying to uh, be in the company of His Holiness, so that you can you can be closer to God and you can attain that level of righteousness. So that's what uh, participation is all about, and that's what uh, uh, we are all here for. Um, Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Ailamath, for, for joining us. Uh, very thoughtful um, remarks. Really appreciate your input. 
Thank you so much. Jazakallah. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. So that was Mr. Rail Ahmed, who is a missionary of the Ahmadi Muslim community, serving currently in the history department here in the UK. Imam um, Taqir, yeah, uh, wonderful. You know, 400 people, uh, 75 in, in, in Qadiyan, 400 people in the first uh, convention here in the UK. And uh, thirty thousand today. Site being prepared for fifty thousand. Where do you see? Where do you see it going? I mean, it, you know, it, every year, you know, you see something. It becomes bigger and you, bigger. You, yeah. You, you see something new at the at the Jalsa Salana. I, I I remember looking at the stage, and it's looking absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, and and you know Majestic. the way the way they've darkened the the big marquee um, is mm. absolutely amazing. It's like. You know, every everyone's focus is towards the yeah. stage, so it's just the blessings of of uh, Allah the Almighty. You know yeah. that every year, you know, we see this Jalsa Salana grow further and further. And in fact, for for the listeners, I wanted to read out a quote of the second Caliph of the Ahmadiyya uh, Muslim community, Azam Zabashiruddin Mahmud Ahmad. Uh, may God Almighty be pleased with him and. He uh, said this at the Jalsa Salana in uh, in Qadian in 1892. So uh, it reads that it is essential. So so uh, he presented this at Jalsa Salana, and uh, uh, it is from Ishtihar, seventh uh, of December 1892. It reads that it is essential for all those who can afford to undertake the journey that they must come to attend this convention which embodies many blessed objectives. They should discharge minor inconveniences in the cause of Allah and His Prophet, peace be upon Him. Allah yields reward to sincere persons at every step of their way, and no labor and hardship undertaken in His way ever goes to waste. I re-emphasize that you must not rank this convention in the same league as other ordinary human assemblies. This is a phenomena that is based purely on the divine help for the propagation of Islam. So very beautifully it says in this particular quote that do not consider this and as any other normal gathering or assembly. Rather this is for the sake of Allah the Almighty. And in fact, if we look at various chapters of the Holy Quran, the, the Holy Quran encourages that we should increase in our remembrance of Allah the Almighty. For example, if we look at chapter 63, verse 10, God Almighty says in the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful, O ye who believe, let not your wealth and your children divert you from the remembrance of Allah. And at another place in chapter 76, verse 26, it says that, and remember the name of thy Lord morning and evening. So from these various quotes, it shows that as a Muslim, we should we should be always uh, involved in remembering Allah the Almighty day and night. And this Jalsa itself serves as that purpose that one increases in their knowledge in, in Allah the Almighty. And at the same time, we increase that brotherhood of one another. And I also wanted to read out a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, on remembering Allah the Almighty. And this is from Hazrat Abu Musa Ashri, may God might be pleased, uh, pleased with him, relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said the comparison between a person who remembers his Lord and the one who does not do so is like of that 
living and the dead so you know when when you hear this this particular uh, narration you know one one uh, often shakes to the core that uh, uh, the the example of of such a person who does, doesn't remember Allah the Almighty is like person who who is not living. So uh, you know it, it just goes to show you that these Jalsa Salana they serve as a means to spiritually rejuvenate ourselves. Um, and one thing in particular that I particularly love about the Jalsa is that you'll see so many volunteers mm. everywhere Thousands. you look is is volunteers. If, mm. And and it is. Others as well, external guests who come here as well, they, they'll be amazed that, you know, we've seen young little kids, you know, they're serving water. Yes. Um, so, you know, they're absolutely amazed that from yeah. such a young age. My seven-year-old is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, people, people are engaged in, uh, in uh, serving, serving one another. Um, and, and, you know, this, again, is in the teachings of Islam that, you know, you should give your due rights towards uh, God Almighty, Hakukullah, and then Hakukul Ibad, that you should give due rights towards his creation. Um, we also wanted to play a short clip um, for our listeners and this is on the uh, history of of the Jalsa Salana. If, uh, if we can please play that for our listeners. Well, the very first flags probably appeared on the large square blocks at the front of an Egyptian temple. The pylons had flagpoles on them and they just had coloured flags on them just for decoration. They didn't have a specific meaning. Um, the first people, I think, probably to use flags for meaning were the Romans, who had very small flags. I mean, they were literally only one foot by one foot. The initial concept of a flag was very simple and held significance only to the extent of differentiating between various military groups. It was only later that the significance and the scope of flags grew. National flags are a much later invention. Really, they're almost an 18th, 19th century concept. It was only when we started having international events that we actually started needing to have national flags. Flags, like the ideas they represent, are held in high esteem. And this is no different with flags that represent faiths. Islam was a spiritual empire in the making placed at an important crossroads in history. When and how did this nation take its shape and its form? And what symbols did it use to represent itself? The Holy Prophet ﷺ always had a flag, which was black without any inscription or images. And that was called Al-Uqab, because before him it was the flag of Quraysh which was completely black background with an eagle, and that was called Al-Uqab. Then came a time when a prophecy of the Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was to be fulfilled. Where the Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had prophesied the decline of Islam, he did not leave his nation in dismay. He made yet another grand prophecy, based on the Holy Quran, the prophecy of the revival of Islam. 1939, in about 50 years after the advent of the Promised Messiah Islam, at that particular occasion, the second Khalifa in his shura, some people showed a desire that Ahmadiyat should 
have a flag of its own. Hazrat Khalifa al-Masih II also mentioned that he heard the Promised Messiah show his wish that Ahmadiyat should have a flag. The flag is simple, as is its message and what it represents. A black background, a full moon, a crescent and star, the minaret and the verse of the Holy Quran, which reads, which means that remember the time when you were in a very lowly position at the time of Badr and Allah gave you the victory. We see this flag symbolizing the revival of a pure Islam and the revival of its glory in the latter days as prophesied by all Abrahamic faiths through the promised Messiah, alayhi salam, just as it was granted to the Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon all of you. You're listening to Daniel Zia, Imam Toki Tadbir, and um, our new guest uh, in the studio, well, our new host, I should say, my co-host in the studio, Khaled Bunoy, which I'll just introduce in a, in a second. We are presenting live from the Jalsa Salana, the annual convention site here in Alton, England, um, where 30,000 people are expected to come and attend the convention today and for each of the next two days. Uh, so a momentous occasion, really, uh, for all Ahmadis, um, something that we, uh, that we look forward to all year round. Um, Mr. Khalid Bunu, well, firstly, warm welcome to the... Assalamu uh, alaikum. Peace be with you. Warm welcome to the studios. Thank you. You um, are volunteering in, um, the, uh, in the book exhibition and the books, uh, book sale, bookstore. That's, that's correct, yes. Uh, tell us about, uh, you know, what sort of books you have, what is the importance of books. And, 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 and dare I say that um, uh, writing, uh, you know, pen has, uh, has a huge significance in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Pen is something which, which, is, uh, which we, we take very seriously. Definitely. Um, and, and therefore, writing books and reading books is also a mm. tradition which is um, which was started none other than by none other, none other than by the founder of the Amdi Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, uh, the Promised Messiah, alayhi salam. So, yeah, tell us mm. what is the significance of this uh, this bookstore? Of course, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the Most Gracious, ever merciful. So, you know, one of the things that you know uh, is a Muslim's duty is to uh, spread the teachings of peace and love, the teachings of true teachings of Islam. Right. And of course, with the coming of the advent of the Promised Messiah, this is done, peace be upon him, this is done by the uh, literature, by the pen, as you said. So when people were, uh, you know, before we're talking about the jihad uh, or the Islamic wars, you know, they were referring to battles and such. Yes. But this is the time, and especially with the advent of the Prophet Messiah, peace be upon him, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. We now have the jihad, the war, well, not the war, but the the uh, the aim of us is, is to spread the word through his writings. Mm. 
And one of the things, one of the most beautiful things, uh, I think, uh, in the Jasa Salah, in the annual gathering, are all the uh, bookstores, the exhibitions, and so on. And by the grace of Allah, because we will have a, a larger capacity, inshallah, God willing, attending the Jalsa this year, right. we have a lot more books uh, and, uh, than we did last year. And one of the new things that we've done in the bookstore this year is that we've prepared uh, packs of books, little bundles. So they cover different topics. So we have one for spreading the word of Islam. Right. We have one for you know, educational, religious educational training. Right. We have one for uh, children. Mm. So there's all these little bundles of books. And sure. I, I definitely recommend it to all our listeners. You know, you know last year to, I, mm. I, I bought um, uh, a couple of Quran copies. Uh, one of them was uh, was this pocket edition, or rather I should say the travel edition. Oh, yes. Uh, and that was very, very nice. And beautiful, I, I, yes. It's beautiful. I mean, the, the whole package is mm. beautiful and it's it's very convenient to carry uh, when you're traveling as well. A any Anything, a any new sort of uh, publication you're doing there? Yes, or selling I mean, something? There's, there's, there's several new, yeah, new books for children uh, this time. Uh, in terms of the Quran, we have the same ones as you saw last year, right. the smaller ones. And, and one of the funny things about the people working and volunteering in the books stall is that we inevitably end up buying a lot of books ourselves sure. because right. we don't get a choice to see a lot. Is that your way of telling us that we, you that nothing is so free for us uh, if you visit? <laughs> exactly. is, is, is that how you tell us? Oh, right. Okay. We'll give you right. a free coffee exactly. when you come, come around and visit us, you know? Okay. Um, right. But uh, in terms of, you know, you talk about <clears throat> volunteers, you know, this is, this is honestly, uh, this whole setup, it's amazing how everything's done by all these volunteers and honestly, um, you know, by the grace of Allah Almighty, you know, it's just, everything's done by uh, 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 I would say lots and lots of angels, you know, mm. that are working so hard tirelessly. And of course, you know, we're by the grace of Allah fortunate to be on site here at uh, Alton, you know, in Alton in Hampshire. Right. There are so many people that are working outside, yeah. not in you know outside of this area, right. outside in London, different parts. Sure, I mean, sacrificing, yeah, you know, to, to get the site ready mm. uh, for thirty thousand people. I'm sure that within, within twenty eight days, within 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 a period of twenty eight days, because uh, people, you know, you have to understand that this place itself mm. is not a purpose built. Mm. Uh, it's a farm. It's a, it's a farm, and and you know, within twenty eight days, the um, Muslim we have to construct it, it and then deconstruct yeah. it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back exactly. to a farm. It's a whole new city, you know. That's yeah, that's been exactly. built up from, from the ground up. Yeah. And if you just see, you know, pre so it's just it's just it's just empty farmland, yeah. and there's nothing there. Yeah. And the it's a pure miracle, you know, how things happen so quickly. Every year, every year, year and year, absolutely amazing. And, and, and I mean, I, I wanted to mention here as well um, some of the views, you know, the, um, of of the members as well who attended and who have volunteered. I mean, I myself uh, this year, before the Jalsa, um, I was involved um, with uh, setting up, uh, helping set, set mm. up with the site, just providing help whichever de department needed it. This was all under the auxiliary organization, Qudam uh, al Um So we, we had a total of uh, just over 30 um, youth members who had... Uh, who had been staying here for about a week's time, mm. just helping up with the setup, so putting the fences, mm. helping with the main uh, main jalsaga, putting the carpeting, the underlaying, 
Um, and I wanted to uh, narrate a few incidents of these individuals as well. For example, there was a brother, Ibrahim. He will be coming live into the studio as well. Um, so he was from Gambia. Never never seen uh, beloved Hazur uh, in his life. First mm-hmm. time coming to see beloved His, uh, his Holiness and, and also attending the Jalsaga. So for him, mm. it was just absolutely yes. amazing. You could, you could see his emotions, um, that, you know, how much this means to him. And for us, you know, we, we've been brought up in this environment that we, 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 every year, you know, we, we have the Jalsa Salana, we attend it, we see His Holiness. But uh, uh, for that particular individual who's been seeing um, the Jalsa Salana throughout uh, his whole life on, on the TV, hmm. for him to experience this with his own eyes, help with the setup, it was, it was absolutely phenomenal seeing some of these individuals. It, you're absolutely right. And I can, I can relate my personal experience there as well. So I, my first um, Jalsa Salana in the UK was um, uh, that of 1989. Hmm. And then That's, the next one that I attended... I was born in 19... Nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> we showed our age. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just showed my age. No, no, the, I got the date wrong. No. <laughs> so after 1989, um, the next one that I attended was in 2009. So, um, and, and I can tell you the the sentiments that I had when I when I attended that one, because it was. Um, it was an absolutely. I mean, just as you described for this this other brother, I mean, it was, it was uh, this huge sense of anticipation, this huge sense of excitement. This uh, not that I don't have any of that uh, now, but I, you know, there, there was something different. Just you're absolutely right. Just just to be able to to meet and 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 be in the company of His Holiness, you know, that means so much uh, to to all of us, and uh, that just uh, makes our makes our day, our year, and our life. It's amazing, you know, when you said you attended the first yeah. one in 1989. Don't tell the... me you were also born in 1989. <laughs> no, 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 no. Thank you. Uh, I won't reveal my age. But the thing is, yeah, by the grace of Allah, that was the centenary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Yes. So that, that, that particular annual yeah. gathering was amazing. I remember it was in Islamabad, in, Islamabad, in, Islamabad yes. in the previous site that mm. we had. Thank you for saying that. You remember that as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually remember the, the, the first annual convention we held in Islamabad mm. in Tilford and Surrey mm. right. and uh, it was it was an amazing experience we just had the what, one what year was that? 85 <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was amazing because mm. we had previously obviously the Jatsa had been held yeah. in different places so to come to this new place and this is something that everyone repeats and and the uh, you know so many people have attested to this the first annual gathering we had here in the UK I mean in, in the, that site mm. it seemed so massive the land, you know, we had acres of land, yeah. and we thought, you know, this is what are we going to do with that? Exactly, yeah. you know, how yeah. are we going to you know, use all these space? Yeah, and now look at where we are now. Exactly, and the size of this land is just pure blessings of Allah. Yeah. And you know, you see, this is one thing that I've, I've been fortunate. I think a lot of us have been fortunate growing up to see the progress of mm-hmm. the community and the improvements each year in the annual gathering. Mm-hmm. This is only with the blessings of Allah and with the truth of the Prophet Muhammad absolutely 100 percent it's uh it's it's going it's, it's strength from strength to strength and mm. and on that note you know we, we're talking about you know this site is probably as good as as it can be for fifty thousand people so yeah it's uh this huge site of what 208 acres or or whatever this is uh, is going to be um uh, smaller way in in not too distant future as well 
We we actually have a, um, a pre-recorded of uh, one of our external guests as well. Um, so Henry has long been interested in comparative religions and uh, having traveled and lived in various countries in Asia, he now lives in Melbourne in Australia and works for the World Wildlife Fund, uh, the conservation charity. Um, so we wanted to uh, uh, listen to his interview as well. So let's listen in. Good morning. Thank you very much for being our guest this morning. It's lovely to have you with us from Australia. And um, I've got a few questions because I believe that you have been to the Jalsa Salana in the past. Is that right? I have, yeah. Good good morning to you and uh, thanks very much for giving me the opportunity to contribute. Yeah, I, I went, I'm afraid it was a few years ago, um, so my memory's a little bit hazy, but it was back in 2015 um, I had the, the great pleasure of attending. Okay, lovely. Can I ask you that then how and when you were introduced to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community? Yeah, sure. So I, I, um, it, it was through my friend and, and former colleague um, Malik Abdullah who uh, started working with me a couple of years beforehand. And um, I remember when he, he came for an interview, he one of his requests was to take a bit of extra time out around August for, for this. Uh, uh, for the Jalsa, which I'd never heard of before, and he explained it to me. So I, I um, the first couple of years I worked with him, I uh, uh, noticed him being very, very busy around that time. And then finally, when I was actually in the country at the right time, he invited me to join. And uh, so I had the, the pleasure of experiencing it myself. Okay, lovely. And you said that that was in 2015, um, quite a while That's ago. That's right, yeah. I mean, this year we're all very excited to um, rejoin after the restrictions of recent years. But um, can you tell me, what did you enjoy most about Jelsa Solana? Is there anything that struck you in particular about Yeah, it? I, I, I think, I mean, I, I was I was excited to see it, to, to experience it in the first place. I, I've um, for a long time been very interested in, in different religions, and, and so it was really intriguing to me to hear of this festival that was, was going on and, and to go and experience that. And, and I'd had very limited uh, exposure to the community before. And the thing that really struck me and that really that sort of stays with me now is, is the atmosphere. It's, I've been to big events before, and, and um, they, you know, they're big events by their very nature. There's, there's a lot of uh, I wouldn't say chaotic, but but even the best ones are, are, are pretty loud and, and there's a lot of pushing and shoving and, and they're, they're kind of exhausting. And I, I went with two, two very small children. But the, the amazing thing to me about the Jalsa is that it was very large scale, but the atmosphere was so very, very peaceful and so calm um, and people were so friendly to us and, and uh, we were made to feel very, very welcome. We were obviously not from the community, but um, uh, I, people couldn't have been more, more uh, welcoming to us. And I was really touched by that. Oh, that's lovely. And can you tell me, is there any particular memory you have of any part of the Jelsa or any event that took place that you witnessed that you have a good, you know, that's left the memory with you? Yeah, there's there's um, uh, one thing which is, I mean, it's a pretty pretty sad memory. Um, the, the overall experience is very positive, but the thing that, that really stands out to me was um, there was a tent, I think, or, or a marquee or some kind of a, sort of a separate structure that we went into, which had on display the, the photos and the stories of uh, all the people from the community who had been uh, killed in the previous year because of their faith. And that was you know, very, very moving. I knew that the, the community was, was badly, is badly persecuted around the world. Um, but to be confronted by that, to actually see these people and, and read their stories, and, and also to, 
to know that it, 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 this is what had happened just in the last year. I, I found that really, really moving. Um, and uh, so that, that has stayed with me. Um, but the, 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 on a much more positive note, like drawing on that point about the, the atmosphere, um, that, 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 uh, the fact that in the face of that persecution, the fact that we could go to this, this event from the community and be surrounded by such positivity and, and such, um, such strength within the community and, and welcome to outsiders despite all of that, um, that was the, you know, the really big takeaway for me. That's lovely. And so if there was any message that you took from the jail for Solana that you would convey to others who don't know anything about it, what what might that be? Uh, it was uh, really just drawing, building on that, really just, just this feeling of love in the face of adversity. It was it was really remarkable to me to, to find such a warm community, people who have uh, experiencing so much difficulty to put on an event which is so filled with love and, and peace and, and positivity was um, you know that that was that was a big thing for me, and that you know, anyone who is interested in the gel, so that that uh, to, to my mind is a big recommendation. If you want to go and experience that, then go to the gel. Right, that's lovely. So thank you very much for that and for your um, memories and, and thoughts about the Jalsa that you attended in the past. And maybe one day, inshallah, you might attend the Jalsa in Australia and uh, experience some of that again and, and see what the difference is in what we call yeah, the new world. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. And uh, um, I do hope that perhaps you might have a chance to uh, see um, the events of the Jalsa this year on MTA. TV, if you want to see how it's changed. Oh, over fantastic! The year. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll be very interested to do that. Thanks. That's a good step. Okay. Well, yeah. Thanks, like I say, for, for giving me the chance to contribute. I'm, I'm really um, honoured to, to be able to do so. Thank you very much, and 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 look forward to perhaps uh, hearing from you in the future. Great. Thanks very much. Bye bye. Bye bye. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Welcome back to this live edition of The Breakfast Show, which we are very excited and privileged to be uh, presenting from the uh, live Jalsa Salana site, the annual convention site here in Alton beautiful countryside, Hampshire, England, where 30,000 people are expected to come in today. We have been talking about um, the history and evolution of this Jalsa, which started, which had a very, very humble beginnings um, with uh, an attendance of 75 people um, uh, 130 years ago. And as I said, today, 30,000 people are expected to come and attend uh, this event. We've been talking about the evolution of this uh, this annual convention. We've also been talking about what it means to be here. What is what does it mean to be here at the annual convention site for every Amadi? Why do people travel hundreds of miles, sometimes thousands of miles, uh, to be here? And also the question: Why do thousands of people, thousands of youngsters, volunteer every year? to be here to transform this farmland 
to a mini city to be able to host 30,000 people. And on that note, let me welcome my guest here in the studio, Mr. Arsalan Ahmed, who is a volunteer here at the uh, annual convention, Jalsa Salana site, within the short-term dedication or the Vakfi Arzi team, as we call. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for coming here. Peace be with you. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Um, actually, thank you for giving me the opportunity to come across. Peace and blessings to all the listeners. Uh, so, Arsalan, firstly, tell me, what does it mean for you uh, to be here? And also tell us a little bit about your duties here at the Jalsa. I think before we before I go into details, um, what it means to me and what are the duties, I think we, we should really um, tell our listeners uh, that what Wakfi Azi is. Wakfi mm-hmm. um, Azi terms means Wakf means de- devotion or dedication, and Arzi means temporarily. And it started on 12th of March 1966 uh, by our beloved Imam Hafiz. Mirza Nasser Rahmulale, mm-hmm. and he introduced the Kriyarji project um, for the purpose of um, promote teaching and learning of the Quran and Islam and strengthen the community. Uh, initially, it was just for um, spreading the true, 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 uh, true message of Islam, and then later, later on, these different activities started in this Kriyarji, such as Tabligh activities and the Stilsa Salana activity, Kriyarji um, as well. Part of my duties, uh, soon someone come on the site, making sure we're registering the car and the person, taking the person detail. And when we're on the site, making sure we give we have all the essentials to stay on the site, such as water supply, electric supply, and basic uh, essential of the, uh, food and etc. Et um, yes, in we have all the professionals on the site that actually prepare the jalsa, such as carpenter, flooring team, electrical team, and engineers. But we, as Qadam al-Amdiya, provide them manpower to support them to make their tasks more efficient and quick, such as flooring, carpeting, food cutting, and many other activities part of the Vakfiyar's team. Assalamualaikum hope you're doing well this morning. Um, very well. So Thank you. what led you to dedicate your time for, for this convention? And following that question, um, is this time uh, your first time you've uh, dedicated to to serve? So, what actually uh, encouraged me about Wakfiyarzi is it it has been fifth Wakfiyarzi for Jalsa Salana. Oh, so me. so you've done this is your fifth time doing yes. it now. Yes, and the first okay. one, twenty seventeen, that I did, and that was life changing for me. And when I'm saying life changing. When I came on Wakfiyarzi, it was encouraged by one of my fr- community friends to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt very close to Allah Ta'ala, to my God Almighty. And I have seen my acceptance of prayers uh, getting quicker and mm-hmm. fast track. And I was actually discussing this with my one of the friends, this Wakfiyarzi, that all the Wakfiyarzi I've did, I felt like Allah Ta'ala has fast track. Um, for all the prayers that you make during Wafiyarzi. And that's something really encouraged me to come because I want to get more closer to Allah Ta'ala and God Almighty and the Khalifatul Masih as well. Because when I see every single individual uh, put in effort to make this Jalsa happening and then you take the part in this and then you attend the Jalsa, it's just mm. a different feeling. 
Absolutely. So, um, on that note, how how many days have you uh, done this uh, dedication for this time? So seven days from Wednesday till Wednesday. Right. Okay. And and what? So you mentioned a lot of activities that the uh, that the team does. What personally have you been involved in over the last seven days? Such as you can see the fencing around, um, the fencing that actually divided the different parts. So uh, MTA part, Lajna part, where the females are, men's part. And uh, this fencing, as I mentioned, within the market, you have seen there's a carpets. So we helping in the mm. I have been helping in the carpets as well, and different f- activities such as this. Um, then we we put the perda like the layout on the fencing as well. So um, so on the fences you've put a blind. Um, yes. Just just to cover up basically. Exactly. Yes. yes. And um, helping in the flooring because these markets has the wood floor on the on the bottom where the professional need the help. So we've been helping them to carry the stuff and weight as well. And, and how many people are part of your team? So we have been, uh, various days, various people been coming. So approximately we have been 30 to 35 people 35. on the side. Just but that's team, just yeah. for Vakvyarzi. Right. But there were many others sure. that were not part of Vakvyarzi, but they were here and they're on doing the day-to-day well. Vakvyarzi. Of course. So um, Arslan, you've been here for over a week. What has been the most inspiring or intriguing thing for you? And did you find anything um, challenging? So the best thing, I mean, overall, it's a fun experience. I treat this as a whole camping experience. (laughs) (laughs) Because the way you live on the site, uh, you have pretty much every facility, um, all the essentials here. Plus, it gives you a feeling of doing a camping on the site, on a countryside. What has been really good for me um, is I'm, make, I'm making like good friends every yes, day and yes. good connections here. That's one. And I've been offering Fajr behind Hazur and uh, Islamabad. Yes. Uh, that's the second thing. But, and the third thing I just mentioned earlier, that when I see every individual put in their personal and the team effort mm. to build this Shalsa or build this city, like temporary city. Yes. And then... That whole scene from your eyes, it's just a different feeling. And then you take the part in the jilts as well. So, yes. I think this is one of the things that, and our previous guest, Henry Clough, he mentioned mm-hmm. this as well. That, you know, it's just amazing how the setup is done. It's done so quickly. And you can't believe how peaceful it is and how everything is done by volunteers. And to go back to this point about making friends, this is, I think, one of the most enjoyable things when you do voluntary work. Right. In the uh, auxiliary organization, the Hudam Nahmudiyah, the youth organization, right. you make so many new friends and friends yeah. for life. Yeah, and especially yeah. the Jalsa. This is yeah. one of the things I, I try to do every year. So are you saying that we cannot make friends when we are not part of the youth <laughs> no, association? Okay, okay, okay. Okay. But I, I thought you were a friend. <laughs> no, <laughs> Obviously I, not. I, I, <laughs> no, we, 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 you know, one of the things I try to do you know, in the Jalsa every year is make a new friend. So Alhamdulillah, you know, I've been doing that every year making new friend it could be from anywhere you know and hmm. but in, with the part of your team are they people from abroad as well or is it just everyone from the uk uh they're all from uk but hmm. we this time we had some visitors as well but usually we use the post um post pre-covid we hmm. used to have a huge vacuary where people used to come from canada and america as well but this time i think they come in post jalsa to just help us to wind up but this time we did have some uh, uh, different people actually visiting from different cities, yes. but not from different countries. Oh, I see. Uh, we had one col- actually colleague that was 
visit, and he's visiting from Gambia. Mm. So it's it, it's quite uh, faith inspiring to see him how much effort he was putting into Jalsa. Yes. And the one thing that I would like to mention here, uh, one of our in charge was telling, okay, is that okay with you to do this particular task? And he's just replied, it's not about what's available for me. Uh, it's not that uh, it's my choice mm. or it's available. It's it's whatever available for me. I'll just do it. So it was quite inspiring, like he's just happy to do whatever he would like, whatever is available, basically. Excellent. Perfect. And moving our discussion to the next question as well. Um, now, Arsalan, uh, you are a Wakfano yourself. And just for the listeners that don't know what the Wakfano scheme is, this scheme was initiated in 1987 by the fourth caliph of the MD Muslim Kurdism is a Tahir Ahmed. May God Almighty have mercy on him. And... The whole purpose of this scheme was that parents, they dedicate their unborn children for the for the propagation of their faith. So when those children, they, they grow up at a certain age, they've uh, completed their education, they've specialized in, in their particular field, they then dedicate themselves for the service of Islam. Um, but not only that, uh, the second aspect of that is that they also give time uh, and serve the community. Um, even you know if they are studying or if they are working five times within a week, uh, you know they they still have the two weekends, so uh, they should give time. So I want to ask you, what message would you give to other youth to encourage them to sign up for short term dedication at uh, next year's Jalsa Salam? Um, in a short word, I would just say they should come and experience once. And uh, I'm sure they will come back. Reason being, I did mention that this has been life-changing for me. When I'm saying life-changing means since I had my first Vakfiyarzi, I have seen myself going closer to more towards God. Mm. And in spiritual Iman and Taqwa, I should say. And then, and I have built a connection with Khalafat just through Vakfiyarzi as well. And have come closer to the, Jamaat, to, to the community activities and not only internal, external activities such as fundraising and charity as well. And yes, um, the message that I would love to give, I mean, Promise Messiah said his mission to come in the world is to serve the mankind. Mm. That's, it, that's, that's his faith. Yes. And that's his inspiration. And sorry to interject there. I remember when we were having a conversation earlier, um, you were telling me that, uh, you know, not only... Have you gotten closer to God Almighty, but it's helped you um, externally as well in terms of your business. Um, <laughs> you, you, I remember you, you, you told me the incident of how you got a better job just by giving time to the community. Now, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, every Vakfiyarzi, yes, a very good point that you raised. I was trying to ignore it, but thank you. <laughs> but every Vakfiyarzi that I've did, not only for Jalsa Salana, for Tabligh, or Islamabad activities to protect the Qasr Khilafat, where the Khalifa al-Masih resides. Um, at the end of the Waqfiyarzi, I had fruit. And I was telling my other colleagues during Waqfiyarzi that there is a fruit for you. May Allah reward you with that fruit. Mm. I'm sure you will get something. And everyone does get something. Yes, um, I will pick up this and this, this Waqfiyarzi. So I have mentioned previous fruits to you, but let's, let me discuss fresh ones. So I just went back from Wakfiyarzi and there was a letter at home and I opened that letter and there was a check from uh, an organization saying this money we owe you 
And I was not expecting that mm. at all. And there was huge money. I'll put it this way that that money, I can pay off my credit card that I was, I was paying. <laughs> so that, that little money, mm. I would say, well, mm. all praise to Allah. Mm. That is little reward. But of course, that's just in this world. Mm. But imagine the ro- fruits that you're going to get at the end. Mm. So that kind of ultimate reward that we'll, um, we personally seek or I personally seek. But yes, you will get here and there every little blessing in returns. Whenever you dedicate time for God or for the, for the deen or for the, for, the, for the Islam, you will always get back. This is, this is one of the beauties. You know, you see the reward coming to fruition literally in front of your eyes. People think sometimes they might be hesitant to volunteer. But everyone can attest to, everyone sitting in this studio here can attest to the fact that the little bit of time we give, we only give a little bit of time, but Allah rewards us so much. And by volunteering as well, you know, we all know that when we volunteer, that enhances our CV so much. People get amazed, you know, when they look at your CV and they say, you've done this, you've organized this, you've been working as part of this team, you've been at this thing. It's amazing. Yes, it is indeed. And one more thing I would like to mention. So I was doing a, um, Portsmouth, um, just very close here. I was doing a Bakfiarzi and telling people true teaching of Islam. And when I, during, so before I went on Bakfiarzi, I was struggling to get my checks done with one of the organizations that I was looking to work. And it took longer than usual in their files or in their records. Um, usually it takes two weeks and it, it was taken one month. And I was quite worried and concerned because I was desperately looking for work. Soon I went to work Piazzi. Second day I just received a call that all the checks have been approved. We waited for you to come and join us back. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Like I said, the evidence is there for you. Um, so you mentioned quite a lot of the duties you did in the lead up, in, in preparation for the annual convention. So are you actually doing any other duties during this three-day event? Very good question. And how can you forget, like, I mean, you helped seven days to build up this whole city yes and it's it's unfair to serve at the end three days to uh, the guest of uh, promise messiah Islam. so yes actually i'm doing duties with three different departments Excellent. so one is the main marquee yeah. where you secure and you check the cards and check the bags making sure all everyone is yeah. safe and looking at the suspicious activity or mm-hmm. moves uh, second duty i'm doing at the guest arrival at the transport where the guests will be arriving and we'll be helping them to take their luggage down and if very vulnerable or someone that actually disabled special person that we need that need a help in terms of lifting the weight or whatnot. So yes. that's one activity and leading them to the right directions. Uh, third activity is just HF Humanity First stall where um, Humanity First have a stall of snacks and drinks this year and all the fundraising mm-hmm. a profit that will be raised it goes to projects such as uh, Water for Life in Africa, Ivory Coast Hospital yes. and um, there's a, a Ukraine crisis at the very latest in there. Are many other projects that are uh, Humanity First. So I'm helping them as well. So these are three duties mm. that I'm doing, alhamdulillah. Well, I've seen the poster for the Humanity First. <laughs> the, the food looks lovely, so we'll the, come and see the you. The burgers. You must welcome all of you. Uh, will they be free? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just for vo- team for Voice of Islam, yeah. I can assure that. Excellent. Thank you very much. He's, he's not offering us any free books, so thank you. <laughs> thank you very much uh, for that. Uh, uh, thank you very much for, for coming here. Just one uh, one little thing before you go. You mentioned you mentioned all the essential services are here when, when you come in and do your dedication. 
question. Uh, when you say that um, my brother here, um, Khaled, thinks or, or considers uh, air conditioning to be one of the essentials, so be careful when you use the word essentials in front of uh, my brother here, Makhaled <laughs> Bhunu. Uh, right, okay, thank you very much, guys. Uh, thank you very much um, uh, for joining us here. Mr. Thank Ryan. you. I really appreciate it. I think this, uh, this, was, um, uh, this was very motivational. Uh, this was um, something that uh, I think uh, we all needed to hear. So, so thank you very much. It, I think it, uh, it uh, gives true meaning to what uh, dedication means and, and why people dedicate year after year. So thank you very much for coming to the studios. Oh, thank you for giving me the opportunity once again. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, and on that note, let's go on a, on a quick break. And when we come back, we will speak to another volunteer who uh, has also volunteered this year at the Autumn Cyber. The Promised Messiah, founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in Islam, states, I conclude with the prayer that everyone who travels for attending this convention, that is, for the sake of Allah, may Allah the Exalted be with him, reward him in abundant measure, have mercy on him, ease up for him his circumstances of hardship and anxiety, and eliminate his anguish and grief. May he grant him freedom from every single hardship, and lay open for him the ways of achieving his cherished goals, and raise him up on the day of judgment amongst those of his servants who are the recipients of his blessings and mercy. May he be their guardian in their absence until after their journey comes to an end. O Allah, O sublime one and bestower of bounties, the ever merciful and one who resolves all problems, do grant all these prayers and grant us victory over our opponents with scintillating science, because you alone have all the prowess and power. Amin. Amin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Welcome back to this live edition of The Breakfast Show from the site of the annual convention of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Alton, UK, where we're expecting 30,000 people, over 30,000 people, to attend the convention today. Um, and to get this site up and ready, um, this is a farmland, to get it ready to, to host 30,000 people with all the health and safety standards and all the facilities, including air conditioning, uh, for some of my brothers. Um, it, it, it requires work, it, it, it needs manpower, it needs dedication, and it, it, it is uh, literally um, a team of thousands of people, thousands of volunteers, which builds this mini city within a space of a few days. Um, in just one department, I'm told, um, which is the youth wing, uh, there are 2,400 volunteers. And, and there are many other volunteers on the site as well. So there are thousands of people who volunteered. We've been speaking to one such volunteer and I am welcome, pleased to welcome another volunteer who is attending this annual convention for the first time ever in his life. He is from um, the Gambia. Uh, he has been living in the UK for a year now. Asalaamu Alaikum brother, very warm welcome to The Breakfast Show. Wa Alaikum Asalaamu Rahmatullahi Ta'ala Wa 
please uh, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what it feels uh, um, like. My here. name is Ibrahim from West Africa, the Gambia. But here in the UK, I live in Nottingham, East Midlands. Um, I'm so excited, you know, being in the Jalsa here. This is my first time attending the Jalsa Salana here in the UK. So it really developed my way of understanding skills and knowledge. Because there are a lot of things going behind the scene. When you're watching on TV and when you come and see here with your physical eye are two different things. So basically, back, back, back in home, when it's like Jalsa Day, we watch Jalsa like on TV. But we see everything has already been set up. But this time around, alhamdulillah, when Jalsa approaches, you know, I feel like every single cell in my body can feel like something is approaching. Because back at home, I used to leave my hometown to watch the city three weeks before the Jalsa. Hmm. To work with um, the people to do Jalsa work. So after Jalsa, I stay again like for another three weeks mm. to make sure, like, you know, to complete all the works. Because after the Jalsa, the things need to get back to their normal places. Sure. So since I was doing that in my country, since when I was too young, you know, up to I grown up. So likewise, when I get here, when I hear the name Jalsa, you know, I can feel like deep down in my heart, like something is approaching and I need to do something that I used to do back, in, back at home. Mm. So in this respect, you know, I decided to register for Wakfi RZ and I came here like on the 27th of um, July. Last month, right? Yeah, yeah, last month. So I spent like, today is like um, my 11 days, give or take. Right. So after coming for the Wakfi RZ, all the work happening behind the scene, I've seen it, I have witnessed it, and it really impressed me. It developed my skills, my way of understanding and knowledge, because seeing it on TV and doing it yourself, or seeing people doing it, like they're telling you what to do, you know, and also you follow the commands, and you also doing the things that are needed to be done. Hmm. Basically, you know, it's quite different seen on TV. Give us a sense of the size of the convention back in uh, in Gambia. Um, basically, let me say it's just a quarter of this. <laughs> so yeah, what um, um, five thousand? No, we received like you know eight thousand. Eight thousand people. Some, right? Yeah, that's like um the maximum I have ever um like um heard of you know. Right. Yeah. So, uh, would it be fair to say that your excitement is, is, is also four times or or, or is, it, <laughs> is it is it a lot more than that? Basically, um, it has to be lot more than that because that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. I'm from Africa. Right. So basically every true Ahmadi in Africa, every single true Ahmadi in Africa are up, are all praying are all praying and willing to have the chance mm. to come to UK Jalsa to pray behind Huzur to see the Amirs of the UK, Amir of the UK, the Shadara, to see all the movement here in the UK. Because here in the entire Jamaat, you know, people feel like, you know, like there's no other place like UK. 
that's not how people feel feels like but that's the actual mm. truth this is this is beautiful because this is the you know for us gives us a more you know a sense of appreciation because we've been here so long, we've grown up here mm. yeah we've brought up here so we are in Take that way a little bit exactly and we are we are spoiled yes. so to, to to understand you know your point of view and your your dedication and your excitement you know, it's really inspiring you know really heartwarming as well mm. because it makes us you know step back a little bit and appreciate the scale of the 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 the, the this setup and the, the opportunities that we have here. yeah bro if anyone is like not grateful for that you yes. become ungrateful servant of god because i realize you know and i know when before coming here yes since like um 2016 yes. or 2015 2016 mm. 2017 sorry i tried yes. to have a visa to attend but the time I applied for the ju- visa and yes. the duration mm. of Jalsa Salah was too short. Oh, I see. You know, I can't get a visa. Yes. And I wasn't happy. But from then, I kept praying that Allah blessed me to attend it. So this time around, when I see myself, you know, praying behind Huzu, I feel like this is magnificent. This is, this is you know, so great. Like, he's recited on recite the Quran, you know, by taking his time. Slowly. That's slowly more so like, you know, give you a relaxation you know it's a different it's like it's different from from like any other person reading you no matter how melodious the guys the person's voice is you know you can feel deeply in your heart you know like your brain is relaxing it's like if something is stimulating your mind and and here I, i wanted to mention as well these brothers uh they were here at the site one week prior to the Jalsa Salana taking place. Mm. And as Brother Ibrahim mentioned, that they were involved in various work, various set of work before, uh, for the Jalsa. And one thing in particular I also wanted to mention is that uh, on a daily basis, they were also sent for the morning prayer, for the Fajr prayer, to read uh, the Fajr prayer behind His Holiness. And Ibrahim, I wanted to come to you regarding that. Uh, so you've never seen His Holiness before, before all this? Oh, not really. I have never seen him except the first Fajr we prayed behind. So that him. that was your that first, was my first, first time moment. to lay my, my eye on Hazur. Please tell us about that. What were your feelings of seeing His Holiness for the first time? Uh, how old are you, by the way? All right, now I'm twenty six. Twenty six. So yeah. you're twenty six, and first time you've seen His Holiness, and uh, first time you had a chance to pray behind him. So please tell us about those emotions that that uh, undertook. You know, um, I'll just give you like um, just brief um, something like about one of the narrations of Holy Prophet Sallallahu Just briefly, mm-hmm. for example, you travel in a in a desert. You know, having all your transportation mm-hmm. on a camel. Yes. You know, and then you taking a rest on a, under a tree, and all of a sudden that very camel get lost with all your transportation, your food and everything. You know, you're going to be very sharp, right? Mm. Now, when searching for the camel and you're exhausted and all of a sudden you see that camel back. Yes. Coming to you with all your transportation and everything. <laughs> yes. Bro, basically, you're going to be excited. Of course. Because being in a desert without nothing is deadly. That's it. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So, likewise, when I see, the, when I see Huzu... My feeling is similar to that. Because Huzur is basically the delight of every good Ahmadish eye. 
and the comfort of hearts. So praying to see that individual for years, you have never given one opportunity to see him. So any day you see him, like when I see him, bro, I cannot have a word to express it. You know, I was doing my tasbih, you know. But like when Huzu was coming in, I said, okay, I have been ta- doing tasbih since I woke up, like from two up to now, it's, all, it's four, four, thirty. You know, so when I see him coming, I say, why not I stop for a while? Let me see, you know, this guy. Let me see his face. So I was looking at him. And after he says salam um, uh, for Fajr prayer, he was going, you know, I lost. I kept, you know, looking at him, you know, because I love him so much. So I know how it feels like, you know, watching Huzud Kutba every Friday, you know, following his mulakat like on YouTube. Mm. With all that love, but you have, you still have never seen him, not even once. So if you see him, you know it's gonna be like, you know, you're flying. It's so nice and beautiful. I, I, I know. I was excited, so much happy. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, and uh, Ibrahim, what led you to dedicate your time for the Jalsa? And is this the first time you dedicate your time for uh, the service of Islam like this? Oh, uh, not really. Um, back back in Africa, back in Africa, I dedicate my time to Jalsa Salana, Iktima. Like whenever these things are approaching, I have to make sure I give time because we the um, Kudam, we always place that pledge that you know, as I always be ready to sacrifice my life, wealth, time, and honor. So this is the time to sacrifice the, that time you pledged. So basically when Jalsa approaches, you know, you have to dedicate. So this is not the first thing I do. Like, as I said previously, I was doing it back at home. So when I come here, when I hear the name Jalsa, I feel like something is approaching that. And like when it comes, I always do something likewise I should do, no matter where I am. So I have been doing this like long ago. So I have to do it even no matter where I am, you know, because my dean is my number one priority. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know how to, um, uh, how to top this, uh, you know, uh, Ibrahim, yeah. uh, Brother Ibrahim, it's been absolutely wonderful to have you here. It's been absolutely uh, an honor to have you here and to listen to your thoughts and views and, and to listen to... Uh, uh, to the dedication uh, and the uh, the true spirit uh, that uh, is on display here, really, uh, you know, you uh, you've uh, you've laid bare your 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 soul. Uh, so so thank you very much for for that, and thank you very much for for sharing uh, all of this. And as and I said, I don't know how to how to top that. Um, uh, so I think this would probably be a good time to bring this show to a close. Um, just to recap for our listeners, we've been talking about the evolution of Jalsa, as well as what this Jalsa, this annual convention, means for Amadis all over the world uh, to come and participate in this. And you've listened to, uh, uh, you know, volunteers as well as uh, people we've spoken to um, uh, on on the phone. What, what it means for them and you've also we've also shared our own personal opinions about and and um and thoughts on what it means for each of us to be here it's it's really an honor for every family to be participating in this and and again if somebody is uh, is joining us live right now uh, 
this is um, an annual convention which uh, started with very, very humble beginnings, 75 people. And today we're expecting uh, about 30,000, over 30,000 people to come and attend this particular annual convention. And that will be the same tomorrow and the day after. So it'll be a three-day convention. Um, this convention is on a site, a farmland in rural England, uh, in Hampshire, in a place called Alton, which is converted every year to, um, to be ready within a space of days to host a large gathering, um, a gathering as large as 30, 35,000 people. Um, it's an honor and privilege really to be presenting live from this site here today on the 5th of August, 2022. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much, um, uh, my co-hosts, Khalid uh, Bunnu, uh, my boss, Imam Taki Tanvir, uh, the entire production team, uh, our producer, Nergis Nasser, our researchers, Hena Ahmed, Kutsi Award, Salia Bakhtiar, Nea Latif, our um, excellent technicians, uh, Mr. Akib and uh, Mr. Tahir. Um, also, amazing help from uh, my other boss, uh, Mr. Ali Khan. <laughs> so lots of bosses I have here. I'm, I'm just a foot soldier. Right? <laughs> On that note, thank you very much once again for joining us. Um, uh, you, was, you were listening to the, uh, the breakfast show live from the Alton, Hampshire side of Annual Convention 2022. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you.